0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Freedom Announcer podcast. My name's Louie and I have
1: my friend Trey on today. Welcome Trey. Hey Louie, glad to be on. It's my number 3 you told me. I'm excited. Yes. And Trey, it's it's been
0: the first two we did, I was asking you about prayer. Um and and Trey's got a, a lot of I think history experience um heart behind prayer. And that was sparked from this um, movement of God a number of years ago that that uh, spoke God spoke to Trey about, and you can listen go back and listen to how that started um, Austin, Texas being prayed for uh, yeah. for
1: how many years now? Fourteen years, night and day, so twenty four seven for fourteen years.
0: And so, with that, how do you think the um, Austin? has changed or you have changed or your church
1: right all of the above so i've pastored my church for about 30 years which is a unique thing so about half of it a church with some prayer but not much and the other for 15 years with a whole lot of prayer so yeah it's been so much better part two and our city's changed i think the main thing i saw when we got here is there was a lot of division a lot of people doing their own thing in the prayer movement, all praying together for our city has caused us to work together more, to honor one another more, to cheer for one another, and to really want Jesus to get his work done in our city rather than me get my work done in the city. So it's been a big shift in our, our thinking here. That's awesome.
0: And, and you know, I, I didn't know this um, until uh, my recent ministry experience. There's a difference between a uh, a church that prays, and a praying church.
1: Yeah, it is. And yeah, I, I think the difference, Louis, is that every church prays. I mean, because that's you know that's that's a big part of Christianity, you know, relationship. But a church that's driven by prayer, you know, it's kind of like that's the engine. That you know, I was reading Acts six yesterday, and the disciples, uh, the apostle says, we we got to give ourselves to prayer and the word. And and there's a lot of people that can do other things but make sure this engine is, is the right engine. And uh, so, yeah, so prayer, it's a big shift in our lives, even for people listening, you know, like most people listen, they love, they pray and, but to, to have prayer drive everything to say, you know, when Jesus said my house shall be called a house of prayer, that's not just the church, that's us. <laughs> I always like to say we're living, breathing, walking houses of prayer. You know, that's that's who Christians are. So we get to talk to God all day, and he gets to talk to us, and we get to pray for people. It brings joy to the Christian life. It's not a burden. It brings joy. And, you know, just recently at my church, we had this
0: um, thing. We Every January, we start off with this thing called seven days of prayer. And I made uh, one of the announcements for it at church, and I quoted you um, in... Maybe it's, maybe it's a quote that you've shared before. I don't know, but I said, guys, you know, the secret to becoming a prayer warrior and everyone was on the edge of their seats. And I said, you pray.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. You know, I used to teach tennis and, and it was crazy. People would pay me to teach them like on Monday and then they'd come back the next Monday. They hadn't played any. So I was like, all you're doing is really paying me, you know? And so the more that they played on their own, the better they got. And so I think we come on Sundays and we pray and we forget really that's what's to drive the rest of our week and just learning to do it and be comfortable with it and not try to compare ourselves with others to know that the way we talk to God is a great way because he loves us. He delights to hear it. It's like you have four wonderful children. You're not comparing. Well, this one talks to me like that. You love to talk with your kids. And that's what God is with us. He loves to talk with us. Yes, I love that. And so, well, to the question of today,
0: um, there has been something in early February this year, 2023, something started at Asbury University. And if you're listening, you've probably seen articles and and video clips or whatever of different things that have happened. and, And it's called the Asbury Revival. And I got to thinking, you know, me, I kind of count myself as an everyday Christian and I'm not an expert at everything God and and I'm not illiterate, but what do most people think revival is when they hear that? So Trey, you being um, a man of the word and in ministry for, for very long and having that personal relationship with Jesus, what is revival?
1: Great question you talk to 100 Christian leaders or Christians, or maybe you get different answers. And I actually wrote a book on it. And here's here's the essence of what I think it is. This is the best definition I've ever heard. It's by Vance Havner. Revival is falling in love with Jesus all over again. I think that's what it is. Because I think that Jesus died and rose again to do in us that which he says is most important. Jesus says that which is most important is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So to me, that's what I think revival is. Revival is when people are falling in love with Jesus and sharing Jesus with others and it's overflowing out of our lives. That's really what revival is. And in history, really, there's personal revival. It could happen in me. There's a corporate revival. It could happen in my church. There's citywide revival, and it could happen, you know, in a broader base, uh, like it's kind of happening at Asbury. It started at Asbury, but it's starting to spread to other campuses. And I don't know if you know this, it's probably one of the secrets of this whole deal, but it's starting to spread to churches. I mean, there's definitely awakenings and prayer that's really uh, coming alive in local churches. So, And then there's, you know, big awakenings that have happened, you know, a few times in history, which we call great awakenings. And that's when a large uh, number of people experience revival at the same time, that love for Jesus is, is on, they're on fire for Jesus. They're, they're in love with him.
0: And and when you say a lot of people, I think I hear revival and, and I think it is a corporate thing, but, but you're saying also it's a personal thing.
1: Yes. I, I think this is really important. We don't have to wait till our church experiences revival or, uh, that maybe the Asbury thing will come here. Hey, listen, God is in your city and he's, if you're a Christian, he's in your heart. Always think about this. We tell our children's ministry, you didn't get a junior Holy Spirit when you got saved. You got the same Holy Spirit that Apostle Paul got, the same Holy Spirit Billy Graham got. So the Holy Spirit is inside of you to bring life to you. So why don't you say this simple thing and I say all the time, Lord, send revival and start with me. Just begin to awaken in me love for you. And and love for others that is really clear and beautiful and powerful.
0: And w- with with the revival that is happening uh, all over the place in personal and corporate, um, what would you say to that that person that sees that they they're a believer and they see that and they go, oh, I really want that. What would be the next step?
1: Here's what I would do. Uh, number one, talk to God about it, you know, and 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 also get some verses, you know, that you can claim and, and you can Google those. You can find verses on revival. But what I would do, Lou, this is the most important thing I would do. I'd find a few others that were hungry for it too. And just say, hey, what if we got together like an hour or two a week and we met and we just prayed over each other and we prayed together. I think that revival happens Best when you're with praying with other Christians, and it can happen alone. Trust me, it can happen, but it, it seems to happen more when we're praying together. So I would get someone to pray uh, together with you and to seek God together and to pray His Word over one another. And you know, I think one of the things is it makes it real normal. Start with your hangups. Like, you know, what? I'm I'm having trouble with this addiction. I'm having trouble with in, in this part of my life or my marriage. Get someone to pray over that area and say because. The the love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit is what revives us. He loves to pour his love. And the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And I think that start where you are. Start with your brokenness. You know, Lord, we're not trying to get us perfect. He does the perfecting. We bring our brokenness to him. And so if you're like me, you got lots of areas that are broken, start getting people to pray for one another and God will revive you. I really believe it.
0: And with I, what I see in, and there's a lot of video clips and, and live feeds of of what's going on there at, at Asbury. Um, I see a lot of, there's a lot of prayer and there's a lot of singing is, yeah. are there, are there certain things that would characterize revival um, that either have to be there or that's what it looks like.
1: Yeah. Traditionally, I mean, you you talk to anybody that believes in revival. Normally they say revival is first repentance, turning back to God. But I was talking to our staff about this. So many times when we talk about repentance, we get caught in the negative side of repentance. Like you've been bad and you've been horrible and you've been sin. And that's that, that is true for all of us. But the good side of repentance is when you move towards love. You move towards that which is right. And so I think what we're seeing at Asbury, there has been a lot of repentance there, but we're seeing it result in, in worship. Now, so the Welsh revival was primarily a, a in 1904 and five, it was primarily a worship revival and uh, not much preaching. Many revivals in history had a lot of preaching and uh, the the original 1970 Asbury revival had a lot of testimonies and a lot of, and some singing. This had primarily a worship revival, and uh, it had repentance. And t- starting February 8, 53 years almost later to the day, mm-hmm. one started February 3rd, 1970. One February 8, 2023. So it's pretty phenomenal. I spoke r- at right there last year, and I'm speaking in that area in a couple weeks. The people have been hungry for it. I mean, I couldn't believe last year when I went, I've never seen a city more hungry than the people I met with around uh, Wilmore and Lexington that say, we want to see revival. And so I'm not surprised. It's very humble and they're not prideful and, and they're really wanting Jesus to be glorified. Those are some of the aspects of revival.
0: Now, we, we, we've we seen this a lot, uh, not a lot, but throughout history, you, you mentioned a couple different uh, revivals and great awakenings. Um, is revival, as we've described it, falling in love with Jesus over and over again, is that revival, is that something we should pray for, or does it just happen?
1: No, I think we should pray for it, definitely. I think we should ask for it, and we should pursue it, meaning like, uh, you know, when you're falling in love with someone, you know, you ask, hey, God, would you help us fall in love, but you also go on dates and you talk and you share. So there is a pursuing of it. There is a pursuing of this. I mean, there, there is, we, we have to give ourselves towards the things that are most important. And here's what I found over the years is that when you start pressing into God, he'll begin to giving you light to say, look right here and then press in for more of that and press into more of that. And with us in 2008, when we, God spoke to us about leading our city in prayer, he, he said, Trey, press into prayer. For some of you guys listening, it might be, hey, I'm leading you to press into the word here. And I'm leading you to press into prayer for your family or, you know, and, and press into where he's leading you. And I believe he'll lead you for more. He always does that leads you to more. Wow. And so there's, there's many of us that
0: uh, we've seen these clips and videos and articles and, and uh, we want that. Um, you said, gather some people around you. Let's, let's pursue God together, pray together, read the word together. Um, what should we expect if we do that?
1: Well, <clears throat> I tell you what happens is generally the Lord takes us where we are and starts giving us uh, more joy, more direction. And, and also one of the key things is he might lead you to go serve somebody, <laughs> you know, seriously, I, I you know, I did a survey. I've been pastoring 30 years. So I did a survey regularly. I do this survey. When did you feel closest to God? And I was always thinking it would be during my sermon or something, right? (laughs) And honestly, nobody said that. You know what they said? When we were serving, when we were serving this person, when we were using our gifts So many times the Lord wants to revive us in prayer, but then he wants to send us out. See, that's what I think revival is really happening is it it can't just stay in the church. It just can't stay in the chapel at Asbury. It's got to overflow out into the street and out where people are hurting and and where real needs are. And you begin to serve those people. And I believe as you press into him in prayer with others, he'll say, I want you to go share with this person or love this person or serve this person or care for them, and you'll begin to see God extending his love through you to others. And so I
0: a few episodes ago on, on this podcast, I did one about uh, why don't we put feet to our prayer? Because uh, so many of us, we pray for something, and God gives us the opportunity to many times be the answer to someone's prayer, and yeah. we don't. And we just pray about it. And I think prayer and action are coupled together. And I love, I love that when we, what you're saying, when we pursue God and we're reading his word and gathering people together to do that, he's going to call us to more, yes. not to stay the same. No. Um, so with our, with my listeners here on, on the podcast, how would you encourage them um, to uh, love God more and to serve others?
1: Yeah. And and we mentioned this before, but we haven't mentioned it yet. But I'm sure there's some that are skeptical. And I get that. We can all be skeptical because we've all seen things that went awry and stuff. But I think what's happening at Asbury is legitimate. I'm not sure everybody's legitimate there, but I think it's legitimate. But I really want to see it happen in my city and in my church. And so I would encourage people this is a strange thing. I don't know if you've listened to the the message that launched the. It is a very normal message, very normal, but very straightforward. But one of the things he was emphasizing was letting God love you. Let God pour his love onto you. So I think it's kind of a strange way, but I think it's the best way is let God love you. I mean, I think sometimes we we, want to love God and we love him because he first loved us. So I think I would begin saying, Lord, would you pour your love into me? That's not selfish. Pour your love into me so I can love you more. Pour your love into me so I can love my family. Pour your love into me so I can love my enemies. I think that's how I would start and i would say to everybody listening jesus the father and the holy spirit the three in one father god loves you more than you would ever dream and i think that if we th- would realize he wants to pour his love into us more than we even desire to receive it i think that's the place i would start And w- once you find out how powerful his love is you'll begin to get revived and revived is falling in love with the one who loves you and wanting to share it with others. It's very simple and very powerful. Wow. So
0: I hope maybe for those that are listening and even me, this, uh, give some clarity to, you know, some of those hundred definitions that you mentioned, Trey. Yeah. Um, and for questions and doubts and thoughts that I've had about faith in the Bible and God and, Just trying to dive in more. This was one of them. What is revival and should we pray for it? And Trey's saying it's falling in love with Jesus more and more. And yes, of course, pray for it. And God loves us more than we can imagine. Mm -hmm. And so let's dive into that and pour into that. And it could look also by serving others. Um, And if we all did that, wow, our world would... Our city, our my family, our world, everything would be different. Um, Trey, what it what would be a, just a last encouragement or, or thought or prayer that you would have for those listening?
1: I'd love to pray if you would let me pray over the listeners. Father, thank you for everybody who's listening to this podcast. I thank you for Louie and Katrina and their kids. I thank you for everyone here. Lord, you you Jesus, you came and you died for every person here, and you rose again. So you could pour out the Holy Spirit upon us and awaken us to love, awaken us to our purpose. So I pray for anyone who feels stuck. Lord, so many times i felt stuck and then you've come with your love and you've spoken a word to me through the Bible or in my heart that, that really brought light and brought me out of my rut. So I pray for anyone who's in a rut that you would speak to them today and speak to them a word of life and hope and joy and yes, revival. Help us fall in love with you the way you love us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you,
0: Trey, for your time today. And uh, it's been fun talking about revival. I always love talking with my friend Trey. Um, so for all these questions and, and everything that come into my head and maybe others' head that are listening to this, this is the Freedom Announcer podcast. Till next time. Yeah.